Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's self-brain surgery Saturday. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Sandhill crane migration is in full force out here on the river in Nebraska. We got thousands of those little guys. They're five feet tall, crazy birds. They make the weirdest sound. If you've never heard a sandhill crane, go Google that, sandhill crane, and listen to their crazy sound. They do this really amazing mating dance, and that's all happening in the hayfield outside our front door. So there's about 10,000 of these noisy neighbors and they're really um, fascinating to watch and Harvey and Lewis have just given up barking at them now they just kind of watch them in awe um, every spring it's, it's funny when they first get here the dogs go nuts and then after a couple of days it's just like uh, kind of background noise so anyway that's pretty fun and I hope that you can see something like that in your lifetime there's always something amazing in this beautiful world that God has created and don't forget to take a little time slow down take a breath look around and see what's amazing about the place that you live in uh, and you'll find gratitude always increases your ability to see hope and find light and find the path forward again even when you're going through hard things hope is the first dose hey that's the title of my new book that's coming out in July uh, and I'm excited about that and we're going to talk more about that in a minute but Today, I'm going to do something different. On Mondays, the paid subscribers to the podcast, um, which you can get if you want, drleewarren.substack.com. You can, if you're already signed up for the newsletter, then you can edit your subscription and become a paid subscriber if you want. And they get episodes every day and they get a new episode every Monday. Uh, and there's going to be some increasing video content as time goes on and some live uh, interactions via Zoom with the paid subscribers that are coming as the book gets closer. So there's some value out there. If you're interested or you think that it would be helpful to you have to have more access to the podcast, then you can consider adding yourself as a paid subscriber. We need about 100 new paid subscribers um, as we're trying to um, increase the reach of the podcast. We had 108 countries that downloaded the podcast at least one episode last week. 108 countries. I'm dumb, just dumbfounded by that. And we just passed our 1 millionth all-time download. So a million times people have listened to my voice coming over the internet or wherever you listen to the podcast, and I'm so grateful and humbled by that. But the fact is the rate at which we're growing has made podcasting a bigger time commitment, and that's why I went away from the daily format. So I have time to write the new book that's due after my next book comes out in July. i got another manuscript underway, Self-Brain Surgery, the book that's going to be helpful to folks all over the world. But also it requires additional uh, bandwidth and hosting and additional file size uploads and all those kinds of things. And, and it requires additional software. So it gets more expensive the more your podcast goes out. So that's why we have paid subscribers. They're helping us get this job done. And so if you're interested in that, check it out, drleewarren.substack.com. That being said, on Mondays, I do a Mind Change Monday episode. And back in February, there was a self-brain surgery Saturday episode with really an interesting guest, Joel Miller, who has a wonderful substack, by the way, Miller's Book Review. Um, uh, you can go out to my substack and you can go to my recommendations and you'll see Joel's uh, letter there and you can sign up for free. He doesn't have paid subscribers yet. Um, but so Joel's uh, an editor. He was an acquisitions editor for Thomas Nelson for years and now he works for the Michael Hyatt organization. And we had a great talk about editing and why we need editors in our life and why we need this idea of, of somebody listening and looking critically at the work that we do. And so that kind of led me to thinking about this idea of having a self-editing function. And so I did a Mind Change Monday episode called The Bleeping Button. And I've got this funny button on my podcasting software where if I'm doing an interview and somebody says something inappropriate, I can 
bleep them out, right? Which nobody ever does that. But I think it's hilarious to talk about it. But on my show, obviously, we have kind of a G-rated podcast, and that's good. So I don't have to people very often when they say things. But I had this idea of what if we had a button in our own brain that would make that sound when we had a thought that wasn't helpful to us. So if we get in this mode, of learning to do self-brain surgery and almost in forward motion where we're biasing our thoughts, learning to pause a little bit, respond to them instead of reacting out of the basal parts of our brain and acting like animals who just fly into a rage every time something threatening happens. What if we had an ability to kind of self-edit those thoughts so that when you heard a thought like, oh, I'm such a loser, that instead it was like, I'm such a and you would hear that sound and you would automatically replace it with, I'm such a well, no, I'm not. I had a rough moment there, and that didn't work out the way I wanted to. But God's with me, and I've got a plan. And, and that would be better, right, if we could learn how to sort of those thoughts automatically. And so I'm going to do something today where we're going to play that episode, the Mind Change Monday episode. Let me give it to you. There's also a song at the end from Tommy Walker called If It's True, and I explained in the episode why I use that. So I'm going to play a, a portion of the Mind Change Monday episode, the bleeping button. And then I'm going to come back at the end because I've got some additional things that I've been thinking about that that bleeping button would be useful for in terms of our thinking and our worldview and all of that stuff. And so I think it'll be fun to just add some value to that Mind Change Monday episode and give you a sense and a flavor of what the paid subscribers get every week. And then we'll just go from there. But I've got some additional thoughts on how editing yourself using the bleeping button would be helpful to help you change your mind because, as I always remind you, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is, as Lisa tells us every episode, is you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Today, one simple idea, and then I'm going to play a song at the end from my friend Tommy Walker called If It's True. And the reason I chose that song for this episode is... If it's true that God created you intentionally, that you were made exactly as Paul said in the time and place and the in the setting where you would seek him and perhaps find him that God wasn't making a mistake when he made you and when he chose where you were going to be and all the things of your life were known to him before one of them came to pass, that he catches your tears in a bottle, that he longs to be gracious to you, that he'll rise to show you compassion. If the Holy Spirit is living inside you as his temple, if all those things are true, it ought to change 
how we live. And it ought to change how we think, and especially ought to change how we think about ourselves. If you're precious enough that Jesus died for you, that he would have come here and lived this life and died, even if you had been the only one who needed him, then it ought to change how you feel about yourself. Now, not arrogance, because it was grace. The reason he did that, Paul says, it is by grace we have been saved through faith so that no one can boast, right? Not by works so that no one can boast. We're saved by his grace because he wanted to save you for his glory, to help other people see that he's merciful and compassionate and slow to anger and rich in love and all those things is gentle and lowly. If all that's true, then it ought to have a deep and powerful impact on the way you think. Now, I'm going to pause for a second. Think about one recurring thought that you have. One thing when you turn the lights off, when you close your eyes, when you're quiet, what's one thing about yourself that tends to recur in your head 10 seconds, go. Okay, that was only five seconds. But you have a thought that tends to come back, okay? Maybe it's when you make a mistake. Something pops into your head, a label, a name for yourself, something, some recurring thought. I'm so stupid, you moron. Dummy, why did you do that? Whatever it is, you'll never amount to anything. Whatever that thought is, what if we had... Sensor. Remember on the TV shows in the past, live TV shows, they had a five-second delay because the FCC didn't want us hearing cuss word, didn't want little kids hearing bad language and, and naughty words. And so but we just kind of generally agreed as a society that our airwaves were going to be protected from language that was commonly considered vulgar, right? So it was pretty common for you to hear a beep, right? It was pretty common for you to hear somebody would be in the middle of a sentence and all of a sudden they said was out, right? So I want you to think about just for a second, what if you had an internal sensor on your thoughts? And when I drop something, when I step on something, when I make some kind of mistake, I say, Lee, you big dummy. What if instead, what if I said, Lee, you right? What if, what if I developed a sense of sort of pre-censoring my own thinking and I got to where I was getting good at getting rid of thoughts right and that's silly obviously I can play that over and over it's kind of funny but think about that for a second what if you had a beep what if you had a bleep what if you had some way to substitute a thought for a different thought before you let it become a thing in your brain before you said, I am a loser. She's never going to come back. I've made, I messed up too many times. I'm, nobody's ever going to love me again. What if instead of that, you, I'm a, and then you would go, wait a minute. I'm a beloved child of God. I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a son of the most high God. I'm a daughter of the king. He rises to show me compassion. Nobody ever cares about me. Nobody ever about me. Wait a minute. That's not true. Jesus cares about me. Jesus came so that I could live. I'm not a, I'm a beloved child, right? I'm not a, I'm an heir to the royal throne. Right? You see that? You see what I'm saying? So even if you're not spiritual, okay, I have a sense that most of the paid subscribers are probably spiritual people because you get a healthy dose of scripture and, and thinking about Jesus and God and those things in, in, in my podcast. So if you're not though, if you're if you're a little more agnostic or you're not sure or if it's not that big a deal in your life, what if you could just put an internal sensor like if you said, okay, I'm such a blink idiot 
right? Instead of that, what if you develop this sense where you hear that beep every time you're starting to make a negative thought? And instead, you said to yourself, you know what? Wait a minute. Sure, I goof this up, but I've got another chance. and I'm smart enough to learn from my mistakes. And, and hey, I've, I've been through this before and it worked out pretty good. So instead of thinking, oh, I know how this story ends. She's going to and we're going to the bank's going to Instead of that, no, generally it, it tends to work out. Like th- things kind of generally work out, right? Well, let me give you a scripture. We've talked about it before, Psalm nineteen fourteen. Nineteen fourteen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's the goal. So when the FCC said, "Hey, we don't want cuss words on the airways. Little kids might hear them. We just want to we want to bleep those out. We don't want bad words." We want, parents to be able to choose what kind of language is spoken in their home. Back in those days, the government was actually kind of working in our favor in some of those areas, and now they're not, right? So what if we develop this idea that the Lord had this standard for us that he wants, not just the words we say, but the thoughts we think. He wants them both to be in accordance with his will. He wants to be in charge of the words we say and the thoughts we think. And if so, then you can develop this sort of pre- beep idea, right? And let that be some self-brain surgery for you. Think about having a button in your brain that you can push when a negative thought pops up and you're going to bleep it out. So every time it starts to be that you're just such a you'll never, nobody ever, why can't I? that you you can hear the beep instead of the thought and it sounds silly but what if it's true that the holy spirit's inside you what if you really can't grieve him and what if every time you call yourself one of those names or you let one of those negative thoughts run what if it hurts him what if those wounds in his hand ache a little bit because he died so you wouldn't have to live under the oppression of the the, the prison of negative thinking. That's why Paul said, use that word stronghold, okurama, that we talked about the other day. Like we demolish every false argument. We demolish every stronghold of thought. We demolish it. We take every thought captive because we want you to make the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be pleasing to him. You've been set free from all those labels and all those lies the enemy tells you, friend, and you can change your mind and you can change your life. You can. You can change your mind and you can change your life. I'm sorry that was funny. I love that button. But I'm I'm going crazy with it because I want you to have this red button in your brain that you can push when you start to have negative thinking. And I want you to bleep it out and replace it with something better because you can change your mind and you can change your life because it is true. And Tommy's going to sing it to us. He's going to sing what if it's true? If it's true, it ought to change how I live. It ought to change my mind. It ought to change my life. And it ought to start today. If it's true that you're thinking of me now, if it's true, I really am your precious child, if it's true that you're singing over me. What else could I ever want? What else could I need? If it's true that you cherish who I am, won't reject me like some mothers choose to do. If it's true that you take delight in me, tell me what else could I ever want? What else could I need? Forever, your affections are toward me. 
offering you a staring mystery. You've collected all my tears. Tell me what else could I ever want? What else should I fear? Oh, knowing that forevermore your affections overturn me. great song i love that song tommy walker he is the man so here's the thing so we just went through the bleeping button idea right and talked about all these negative thoughts that pop into our head and how we ought to have a little or every time i say i am such a moron or such an idiot right that would that would be amazing i just i wanted to add an additional thought to the bleeping button concept okay so i've been reading a lot obviously i always read a lot and i share books with you all the time but but i read a book by john mark comer and we're going to do a whole episode about him. And I'm going to really try to get him on the podcast right now. He's writing a new book, so he's not doing interviews right now. But someday I hope to have John Mark Comer on the show. But recently the Lord's just led me to a bunch of books that are all about sort of worldview kind of concepts. And so worldview obviously is that idea that you have, this sort of internal uh, filter through which you see the things in the world. The Germans called it Weltanschauung, this this mystical contemplation of how you see the world, that the things that you – use the set of values and experiences and beliefs and core values and all that stuff that turns into how you perceive and receive information and process it and how you see the world right and so obviously there's a there's a secular worldview there's a, the lens through which you can see the world that's about the world and then there's a there's a spiritual worldview a christian worldview if you're a christian that that sort of all your decisions and all of your um things that you think about and how you behave are, are guided and, and sort of sort of 
um, prescribed by this worldview that you hold. And whether or not you understand that you have a worldview, you do have one. And so John Mark Comer's book helped me sort of crystallize some thinking that's been coming from all these amazing books that I've read lately particularly Faithfully Different by Natasha Crane. She was on Self Brain Surgery Saturday last week, and if you didn't hear that, please go back. Please, please, please go back to last Saturday's episode and listen to um, Natasha Crane and I. We had an amazing conversation about her book, Faithfully Different, which is all about the difference between the secular worldview and this Christian worldview, and it's powerful and it's important. You need, it's, it's a book that you should buy for your adult kids, your teenage kids. It's a book you should buy for your grandkids. It's a book, if they're old enough to read a book like that, the book you should share with your friends. You should have a small group about it. it. It's a powerful, powerful and important book for our time. Okay. And before that, Live Your Truth and Other Lies by Lisa Childers. Powerful, powerful book. She was on the show not long ago. And then I've been reading Timothy Keller, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, which is all about the, the worldview concept that you have of how you deal with hard things and suffering. I've read Randy Alcorn's book, If God is Good, again recently. And just all these books are kind of coalescing into this idea and concept that I have as we're getting ready for my book, Hope is the First Dose, to come out, that we really need to carefully consider the lenses and filters through which we see the world. Now, that just a couple of days ago, I released an old episode called Good Versus Best and Three Filters to Help Your Life. So go back and listen to that one, this concept that you should have an understanding by thinking about your thinking. Thinking about your thinking is a superpower, okay? Because if you stop to think about how you think, you can start to break down and unwind some of the things that happen. Forget, For example, if you have a, a father wound or an abusive story in your past, okay? If you have a, a dad who was critical, overly critical, or physically harmful, or God forbid, sexually abusive to you, or if you had a, a parental figure or a coach or a teacher or somebody that was abusive to you, you may have a wound in your spirit, in your heart, in your past because of trauma that has created some worldview issues for you, okay? Here's a good example, a common one that we see when we talk about God being a good father. If you've got a father wound in your past, if you've got an issue with something that's happened that makes you have a hard time understanding that a father can be good, then it can be hard for you to relate to God as a good father. And that may create some filters for you that automatically cause you trouble with trusting God, with believing his promises, with with even having the ability to hope that he cares about you. But if you don't understand and think about your thinking and get down to the roots of where those filters came from, or even that you have those filters— Then you can find yourself as a middle-aged person struggling with relationship formation, struggling with trust issues, struggling with anxiety, and it all relates back to a filter that you put in place that keeps you from getting close to people or keeps you from getting close to God or whatever. Sometimes you need a professional therapist to help you with that, but oftentimes you can get closer to it by just pausing and learning to put some filters in your life, to, to, to look at the filters that you have in your life and sometimes swap them out for better ones. And sometimes that takes reading, sometimes it takes therapy, sometimes it takes uh, prayer, sometimes it just takes introspection and thought, but you can do it, okay? And that's a good way to change your mind so you can change your life. So just to wrap this up today, in the book, 
Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. He made a point that I've never thought of before. I've read about it. I've, I've heard it before. Just never put it all together in the same place like he did. And he did such a great job with this concept that we have a worldview in the West, especially in the church, in, in the culture of the West in this day and age. Most of our thinking is is influenced in some way by a psychiatrist from the 1930s and 40s named Sigmund Freud. Now you've heard of Freud. Okay, everybody's heard of Freud, ego and id, superego and all that. But what you may not know is that most of the psychology and the psychotherapeutic techniques that Freud came up with have largely been discredited or no longer thought to be valuable or helpful and sometimes even thought to be harmful by therapists and psychiatrists today. So that that means that Freud's work, while it was groundbreaking and landmark uh, and was a landmark in, in mental health at the time, is now largely considered to have been basically invalid, sometimes unhelpful, and sometimes harmful, okay? But Comer points out that Freud's impact on our societal worldview and the morals and framework in which our society operates has persisted. Now, Freud was all about the idea that most of what you think about has to do with desires that you have that have been either repressed or oppressed, repressed by yourself based on weird moral conditioning or religious training or something that you ought not to have had, or that some external person, parent, teacher has repressed or suppressed or oppressed you in some way so that you can't have the things that you really want that'll make you happy. And Freud said basically that neurotic neuroses and mental disorders and, and anxiety and all these things came from our internal struggle with these desires that we have that would make us happy if we weren't so repressed or oppressed or that they hadn't been suppressed by somebody else, okay? And so then that the goal is to be happy and the way to get happy is to do what you want to do and not let somebody else tell you what you ought to do, right? And that's that's basically Freud. And the problem is even though most of his work has been discredited, that concept has persisted and created a secular worldview that's all about feelings being important and what you believe to be true is true and what you want is important and nobody else should try to take it away from you and your desires are more important than anything else and if that's how you live your life you're going to have a problem and before freud most western thought was influenced by augustine and augustine said you live from an external map that's given to you by a higher authority that's good for you and that, that the, the, the guardrails on your life are helpful to you and you should pursue love and you should pursue that relationship above all else and that will keep you safe and that will help you be happy and really happy with things that, that don't go away. And that relates back to Jesus Christ who said, I've got water and food for you that won't leave you hungry and thirsty anymore, Right. And so now we've switched that out for a Freudian worldview that says what you want is the most important thing. What you feel is always true and it's always valuable and what you desire is up to you and nobody should tell you that, that one truth is more important or more valuable or more true than your truth, okay? But if your truth isn't serving you, Jesus said the truth, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I would just give you a test to say if you find something that you believe is your truth and that isn't producing freedom and happiness in your life over time, if you keep finding yourself chasing your tail and it's getting harder and harder and harder for you to feel happy, then maybe your truth isn't setting you free because it's not the truth. And so if we're going to talk about worldview for just a second, and I'll, I'll do a, a more in-detailed, um, researched and, and better thought-out edition of something like this later, 
but check out John Mark Comer's book, Live No Lies. But I just want to wrap up the, the bleeping button episode by saying, what if we had a filter button? One of those that popped in every time an inappropriate worldview filter popped up. If we heard a little warning in our brain that we might need to examine our filters a little bit. We might need to examine the, the things that we are using to see the world. And Comer made a point after the, the part about Freud. He talked about this notion that so many people believe and quote of to thine own self be true. Be true to yourself. You know, follow your own truth. And that came from a famous Shakespeare quote from Hamlet. Okay, and you've heard it, to thine own self be true. You probably studied it in middle school or high school or maybe college. And I Googled it just to, out of curiosity. And thousands of people have tattooed this phrase on their body, to thine own self be true. Lots of people have it on their wrist or across their collarbone or on their back or on their ankle. To thine own self be true. And here's the problem. Shakespeare wrote that line, and you may not remember who said it in the play Hamlet, but who said it was Polonius, who was, for lack of a better term, he was an idiot. He was a moron. He was a windbag. He was the, the, the bad guy in that story, and he was always telling lies, and just about everything he said turned out not to be true, and he's the one that said, to thine own self be true. And so Shakespeare said it in a way to say that really doesn't work out very well for you. If you follow your if you live your life just trying to be true to whatever it is that you think is going to make you happy, you're kind of a fool like Polonius. And so that's a long story. And if you're a paid subscriber, you go back and listen to the bleeping button episode. I'm I'm sorry, to the to thine own self be true episode from last Monday. And we talked in more detail about this. But but what if you had a, a beep in your head? That every time you said something like, I just need to live my own truth. What if you heard a, I just need to, and instead you then would pause for a second and say, wait a minute, does my truth really make me happy? Every time I I insist on getting my own way or every time I feel something and then react to it and pursue it, does it really satisfy me? Like when I think I really deserve this glass of wine tonight, this third or fourth or fifth glass of wine, does it really make me feel better the next day? Does it really solve a problem for me? Do, Do I really benefit from that? When I send that text message to that person that's been paying a little extra attention to me because my husband hasn't been and they reply with something complimentary and I start thinking about that person a little bit more during the day. Does that really help me? So what if you had instead, what if you had a sound that you heard in your head that you just made yourself biopsy that thought and pursue it? What if you, Hey, I think I might text that person. What if instead you heard, Hey, I think I might hang on a second, I'm not going to do that. Because if I do that, then they're going to respond and then I'm going to find myself thinking about them. I'm going to send another message and before long I'm going to have myself in a situation that I shouldn't be in, right? What if I hear that when I think about spending that little bit of money online that I, so I can get that dopamine hit from buying something that might numb my overwhelming anxiety or depression about the thing I'm going through that's really my problem, but I solve it by shopping or online gambling or texting or watching 25 more episodes of Justified on Netflix or whatever. What if I hear that? Like, hey, I think I'm going to pour myself another. Hey, I think I might watch another. Hey, I might send that. What if you got that and you made yourself have that sound. I'm, I'm not saying really hear that sound, but whatever works for you, right? For me, it's this biopsy idea. It's like learning to, as Chris Hodges, my old pastor from 
Church of the Highlands recent book, Pray First, learning to pray first before you do something. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this new X, but let me pray about that first and see if in the morning I really still feel like that's an appropriate purchase. I'm going to join this organization and spend more of my time away from my family because I want to be perceived as a leader. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing or switch jobs or marry that person or do this deal. What if you put that little thought in your head that just reminded you to take a minute and pray first or take a minute and research it for five more minutes or take a minute and just decide, I'm going to sleep on this and think about it in the morning. And how many times have you gotten up the next day and you were like, man, I'm so glad I didn't buy that thing. I forgot I had to pay this bill or I forgot that XYZ or the market just went south today and, and that money really needs to be in my brokerage account, whatever it is. How many times have you gotten to the next day and you found that the thing that you almost did the night before would have been bad for you? Or more commonly probably, how many times have you gotten up in the morning and said, oh man, why did I do that? Why in the world did I buy that? Why in the world did I text that person? Why in the world did I have that whatever? Why in the world is there Cheeto dust all over my bedspread, right? Well, how many times have you woken up and regretted something the night before versus woken up and being glad that you did something the night before? And I've never met anybody in the ER or anywhere else who said, you know, I'm really glad I had that extra bottle of wine last night. I'm really glad that I had that extra line of meth or whatever. I don't really know if meth comes in lines, but my point is solid, right? I'm just asking you, take this bleeping button idea and use it to examine the filters through which you see the world. Don't get a tattoo that says to thine own self be true. And if you have one, I'm sorry, but that's not a good way to live your life because there is a truth. And there is a way, and there is a light, and there is a life, and it's not in following our own feelings. So we need a bleeping button for worldview. We need a bleeping button for mindset. We need a bleeping button for self-brain surgery. <laughs> Sorry, that was right. <laughs> self-brain surgery Saturday. Because you know what? We can't change our lives until we change our mind, and we have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.